Hi everyone, and it's time for the School of Project Management podcast sponsored by IAB Council. I'm Shihab, your host, and welcome to the 11th episode of this amazing podcast where we discuss topics, share ideas, and explore the field of project management. Today, we are going to keep going as usual, but now we are going to discuss six essential steps to manage a project. I will try to make it super, super simple so everybody can understand easily this process. Let's go! Succeeding at explaining project management in six steps is a real, real challenge. But in this episode, we will together try to learn how to initiate a project how to plan it and control it in order to reach our objectives or your objectives. So for me, I I will say that there is six main steps of good project management. And the first one is to define the project goals and objectives. Then to divide or to divide the project into tasks and create a list. The third step is to organize those tasks by priority and sequence. And then there is adding durations, deadlines and constraints on certain tasks and, and also integrate external tasks. The step fifth or the fifth step is to define and assign resources. And the last step go, is going to be planning and ensuring monitoring the project. So for the step one, which is defining project goals, and I always like to call it step zero, because it's the first, really first one before even doing anything. It should be defining the project goals. Here, the step seems pretty basic and it's too often neglected because people don't go for defining the real project goals. This step can also cause like a tunnel effect. That means to launch and move on the project until we realize that we misunderstood, but late or to choose the wrong ways that will later force us to have to redo the work again and again. So it is essential to clarify the objectives of the project. First priority, what are other secondary goals we have? What is expected from us? Deliverables, timeline, deadlines, costs, etc. And how flexible are we going to be? Especially in agile projects, in in, in agile project management uh, frameworks we have to understand ourselves and to see how flexible we can be regarding the project until when we can receive notifications and change from the customer or the client. Is it, it is really important to write this down in a document to avoid misunderstandings and also to share it with stakeholders to validate it. Concerning the standard constraints of a project, we generally have the time needed to accomplish the project, the money to do it, the cost of the project, the scope you want to establish or also the results that are going to be expected from you. So imagine with me a triangle because this forms a triangle actually, which you can change to make sure you respect all the constraints. So there's the first, like at top of the triangle we have time. In the left, put the scope and then the right going to be the budget or the cost. So this is this triangle you are imagining right now is the project management constraints triangle. So to move to the step number two 
or what I call personally step one because the first is step, step zero. We have to divide the project and define the list of tasks. We eat an elephant one bite at a time. The first step is to draw up the list of tasks to be completed. This phase is one of the most important phases because it lays the foundation of the project. As project managers, we should not ignore any task at the, at the time. You should list like all the tasks you believe are going to help you to achieve the goal or the objective and be very critical of this list for like each task always ask yourself what do I need before to be able to do this or that how this is important for the rest of the project by doing this you will find new tasks that you might have forgotten technical requirements etc another tip that I'm going to share with you is to make a clear distinction between completing a task and validating it and communicating it as we all know we waste a lot of time before taking action people waste a lot of time deciding to take action consider that and divide your project well and in details last thing I want to add for the second step is you do not necessarily have to list the tasks in a perfect chronological order it's, it's just more convenient for the future but it's not like mandatory now let's move to defining the logical sequence of tasks here I want to talk about the predecessors and successors now that you have established the list of tasks you must link them together or simply order them this means it is necessary to define for each task all the predecessor tasks which means all the tasks that must be performed upstream before being able to perform a given task this is called in project management simply scheduling so to clarify this if we call a predecessor the upstream task we should call the successor the downstream task for example it's um, our project is for example preparing a cake so buying ingredients will be the predecessor to prepare the cake right yes you cannot prepare a cake as long as you do not have the necessary ingredients now let's move to something very important and it's the types of dependencies between tasks. So the link between a predecessor and the successor is called dependency, link or, or just dependence. So, however, in this regard, there are four types of connections. The first one is finish to start. Second is finish to finish, then start to start and then start to finish. I will explain this, it sounds pretty weird, but actually this is how it works. You have also to define the time needed between tasks. So the finish to start is when the predecessor must finish before successor can start. And this is the most common type of connection. So it's finish to start. And it, it represents about 95% of the links between two tasks. For example, the report release cannot begin until the report is completed. Then the second connection is finish to finish. Task B cannot be completed until task A is completed. Task B will terminate at any time after task A is completed and it does not have to finish at the same time. For example, controlling the electrical installation in a new building, for example, cannot be completed until the 
all the installations have been completed. And in this case, task B is carried out as the installations are realized. We do not have to wait for all the installations to be realized to start controlling the first installation that was done, right? So this third connection is start to start. And here the predecessor must start before successor can start. To clarify this, task B can start at any time once task A has started. It does not have to start at the same time. For example, report writing cannot begin until the creation of the detailed report plan has started, right? So the last one is called start to finish. And the predecessor must start before successor can finish. This is the, like so rare as a connection type of dependency. The example I can give is you cannot finish assembling the roofs of a subdivision until the framing has started. Well, now let's move to delays. On, on some cases, time constraints can, can be applied. For example, if I paint a wall, the first layer will take me one hour. Nevertheless, to start painting the second layer, I will have to wait until the first layer has dried and it will take six hours. So my task, the first layer, will not last seven hours because in reality I will be free for six hours, but it will last one hour with a six hours finish to start dependency to the tasks. So it's the second layer. In, for example, in the, that um, open workbench uh, software that a lot of project management managers use, this is called actually a gap in the job properties. You know, in the case of job properties, you can find it, it's called a, a gap. So now let's move to adding durations and constraints on certain tasks and integrating external tasks. So regarding the duration or the workload, it will depend on whether you're working with Microsoft Project or Open Workbench. Indeed, in the case of Microsoft Project, you will enter the task duration directly, so it will, it will be recorded on your part in the software. On the other hand, in Open, work, in open Workbench, you will start the to-do first at the same time as the resources. It's not a duration, but a workload. For example, to write a report, it will take three hours of work. From this workload and the avail availability of resources, we will obtain a final duration. The duration is therefore an output from the software. For example, writing a report, as I said, that would take only three hours of work combined with an availability of 30 minutes per day will take six days. Now let's move to constraints to understand more that. So some tasks have deadlines constraint and, and it's time to get them back. For example, the tax statement has a closing constraint no later than 21st of May. This task therefore has an end no later than constraint which is set to 31st of May. If this constraint is not respected, your project taxes statement may have some issues or problems. There are also other men or other constraints, I want to say, that we can talk about later. So the external tasks. Your project also depends on external tasks. 
In this case, you can either choose to begin them directly as a standard task or to start them only as a milestone. I mean by that, a task of no duration is just a single point to validate before moving on. At the end, it's up to you. For me, I really prefer to begin them or to start those tasks as a normal task with external resources. Okay, now let's move to defining and assigning resources. Here we have to list the resources, and it is so simple. You literally have to list all the resources you have or you, you need. So do not involve only human resources and forget about the material resources. So while defining constraints for resources, you should put in mind that each resource, especially human resources, will have its own avail uh, availability. Do not forget to define the amount of time available per day, their days of rest and also their days of work if they are available during the weekends, as well as the part of their time they will be able to dedicate as much as possible to a task. For example, we can imagine someone who will work every day, even on weekends, but who will only be available two hours a day and who can only spend half of his time on a task. This example combines all constraints and I underlined before. So it's availability, time, and dedication. Now, concerning assigning resources, once you have your list of resources, you can assign them to your tasks. Do not forget to specify at this time the to-do if you work under open workbench. The to-do depends on resources and tasks. It's not a simple workload per task divided between resources. After talking about signing resources, now we are moving to the last step, which is implementation and monitoring the project. Today we have a guest, it's Omar Taufik, a program manager at IAB Council. He's my colleague and we work together in different projects and I really find that he's the best person to talk about planning phase or implementation and monitoring the project. So let's hear from him. Now that you're all done with the planning phase of your project, it's time to implement what you plan for. The biggest mistake that most people do here is relying too much on the plan and not being flexible enough when they need to. I can almost guarantee that your plan will not work perfectly the first time. And that's, project, that's why project monitoring is so important at this stage. This allows you to compare the predictions that you made earlier in your planning phase to the results you're actually getting in the implementation phase. Here you can find out what's working and what's not, so you can adjust your plan accordingly. The most important thing to remember here is that the project management and planning is a very iterative process. You need to plan, measure, and then adjust your plan at all times. So as you heard from Omar, actually it was a quick presentation about 
implementation. What I wanted to add is that I really believe that the schedule should be following the project values and objectives too. Otherwise, it's not useful. So here ends actually our episode, which I tried to introduce you to project management in five or six significant steps. Of course, nothing is better than a complete training in project management. So I invite you all to check the Certified Project Management Manager Certification and Training Program by IB Council, where you will find the link on our description. I really want you to interact with us, leave a message on Anchor and they will reply back to you. Thank you for listening to the School of Project Management podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by IAB Council. Check us out at iabcouncil.org. If you like this episode, head over to Spotify to subscribe, rate and leave a comment. It's very, very much appreciated. Thank you again and see you. Thank you.